Welcome to another episode of Ivan Cast podcast. Yeah, you've seen me me getting excited about my guests in the past, but I think never have I been more excited than for Derek Bostrom, drummer and founding member of one of my favorite bands of all time, The Meat Puppets. Uh, Derek, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Ivan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. This is so amazing. Have you ever talked to a guy in Ecuador? <laughs> that was, that I, was sort of my first question. I don't think so. I, yeah. I certainly not on a podcast. Yeah, it's been and, a, a uh, long have, career, and I can't say I remember every second of it. So it's possible. Yeah, it's possible. But I was doing some research. Have you ever played in in any South American country? Uh, Puerto Rico does, does that doesn't really count, does Puerto, it? Puerto Rico, no, no, yeah. no, that's the Caribbean. So yeah. you've never been to you never made a sort of a tour in South America, right? I never have. Uh, I don't yeah. know if the other guys ever made it out there or not, but I I have it, it when I have when I've been playing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a I'm a lifelong fan of you know all the '80s and '90s '90s alternative rock bands. So let's get into it. Uh, what an honor! I can't even believe this is happening. So thank you again for doing this. My pleasure. Uh, yeah. So I'm a big fan of you know. Your your music, your sound, Dinosaur Junior, Nirvana, Soundgarden, The Melvings. I pretty all, much grew up all with those guys. All those music. Yeah, all those yeah. bands. All those bands, exactly. And what I think it's such amazing. You you know all those bands, right? You you, you play with them. Uh, are you are you also friends with all those guys? Do you hang out every once in a while? Or I mean, you um, played also. Sort sort of. I mean, uh, we we've been around for a long long time, and obviously yeah. the, the bands that are still out there still doing it we still do shows with them and stuff we were going to do some yeah. shows with uh mud honey this year up until the pandemic uh we're hoping yeah. to reschedule them but um but yeah we we play you know as far as friends go i mean we live out here in in uh in the in the desert so we mostly just interact with folks when we see them on the road yeah. but um you know we we did a european tour with um with Soundgarden way, way back in the day. Soundgarden? No, I'm sorry. Yeah. Soul Asylum. Soul Asylum way back in Soul the day. Soul Asylum. Yeah. And we, uh, so we hung out with those guys then. Obviously, we played a few shows with Nirvana. Um, I've only been back in the band for about two two years or so. Uh, haven't done too many shows with uh, too many of our peers uh, yet since I've uh, gotten back into it. But the boys mm -hmm. have, have done, uh, you know, extensive touring uh Oh, so, you know, I stopped in about uh, uh, 1995, and then the band probably really kicked back in about, you know, 10, 10 12 years after that, and, um, you know, play like crazy. So, uh, yeah, well, I, can't, great, I can't really say that I'm a big, big, lots of friends with, uh, with these guys, so I can't uh, provide too much uh, insider tips on the other bands, but I can certainly tell you as much about the Meat Puppets as you like. Yeah, of course, absolutely. You are the uh, subject of the podcast, and so you have been making music for so long now. You're still together. Your last album came out last year. I'm just wondering what it's like to be around for so long. Well, well, we started out kind of, you know, as local guys who just wanted to get up on stage and show off. Yeah. Um, yeah. we, we got uh, good success with that. So we expanded our, uh, 
you know, our cycle out to, to California had good re- response out there. We're able to play throughout the country and meet with a whole bunch of other bands and um, wound up getting signed to a major label. So uh, up until that time, we were, you know, it went from being just a kind of a fun thing that friends did to something we took more and more seriously until finally we were doing it for a living. And then yeah. um, the, uh, you know, the, the, the pressure and the stress of having to do it for money uh, starts to kick in. And then um, as we get got you know, more and more uh, wanting to like, you know, you know, upgrade our, our stuff, we would need more and more money to do it so that we wouldn't be, you know, driving 500 miles a night and sleeping on people's floors. You know, we would need um, uh, decent, you know, equipment that worked. So uh, as, it got, as it got more expensive, you know, we have to take it more and more seriously. And then mm-hmm. eventually we had to like sign to a major label to um, realize our ambitions. And at that point, um, the, uh, you know, the grossness of show business kind of kicked in where we suddenly became, uh, you know, uh, kind of exposed to the, the more uh, product and commercial side of, uh, of our, of the business. And that um you know we did as well as we managed to get a gold record uh off of that but eventually um that kind of dried up and went away we wound up uh working with smaller labels again mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um frankly i like it better this way i i wasn't a huge fan of uh putting that much pressure on us uh yeah i didn't think it was uh healthy for the music or for our relationships and yeah, now, yeah, now we're able to do it pretty much um for fun and mm-hmm. as as we want to or as we don't want to uh so i actually uh think that uh that makes makes for better music uh not to mention the fact that um we're older and we've done it for so long and we know each other so well mm-hmm. um, plus mm-hmm. we have um we've added an extra guitarist and a keyboardist so that mm-hmm. we can really play because when we were a, a three-piece, you know, it yeah. was loud and fast and hard. And mm-hmm. uh, and then we would play like stripped-down country stuff. But there were still a lot of things we couldn't do. And uh, now that we've got, uh, you know, we've got a, a other musicians playing with us, uh, we can touch all the bases and we have a, a lot more fun. And mm-hmm. our, mm-hmm. I think our shows are, are a lot better. Uh, I mean, I yeah. get a kick out of watching well. old videos of us playing uh, and stuff, but, um, yeah. when it was time for us to jam, uh, yeah. it, we would just kind of do noise jams. We would just like turn everything up and crank it and pound it yeah. out. Now, when we do imp- improvisations, um, it's actually pretty good, but here, I'll let yeah. you talk for a while. Yeah, no, that, I mean, it's, it's so great to hear that, like how, how your, your sound and your musical approach has evolved over the years. And I think you're one of the bands that also, has you know explore a lot of different genres in your music like Mm -hmm. you know maybe we can describe your music as psychedelic country punk but i think every album has its own singularity you know it's so different album from from one another so that's what i always found so fascinating and uh, were you always so curious about experimenting with different sources of music where does this curiosity come from because it's definitely something that not all the bands do right well, in in uh, the three of us were all into 
you know, prog rock when we were growing up yeah. and, um, rock, yeah. and, um, you know, fusion jazz and stuff. And, uh, yeah. plus, you know, uh, I was really into pop music. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we kind of, uh, I mean, one thing we're, we're pretty white. So, uh, you know, we come from the desert. We're shit kickers. Yeah. So, uh, Arizona, right? Phoenix, I, right? Yeah. Phoenix, Arizona. I, uh, Kurt lives mm-hmm. in, uh, in Texas. So the boys are, are originally from Texas. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, our, I know that you, uh, play soul music and I would yeah. not, I would not, uh, try to suggest to, uh, your audience that the meat puppets play soul music. We're pretty white. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. to, to that extent we play, um, you know, I, we were, we were very into bands like Yes and, uh, yeah. um, uh, King Crimson when we were growing up, mm-hmm. um, Brian Eno, Z- and then of course, you know, that, that style is easy top and, um, Black mm-hmm. Sabbath and all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah I, I think it's a lot of it has to do with, um, the music scene that was in, in Phoenix at the time. Yeah. Phoenix had, uh, one of the first and one of the most influential FM, uh, you know, quote unquote underground, uh, you know, progressive stations. Uh, it was uh, called KDKB, and it was one of the very first yeah. uh, to spread out from beyond uh, San Francisco and uh, you know Boston, those kind of areas that had progressive music. So yeah. the the stuff that we could hear on the radio was actually pretty widespread, and this was a, a big station. So we weren't only just listening to top forty or whatever um, or country. Um, we were ac- we were exposed to a lot of different kinds of music, and consequently, because of this station. Mm-hmm a lot mm-hmm. of bands wound up coming to Phoenix. So we got to mm-hmm. see a lot of these bands um, oh, okay. that might not have come to other, other towns. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's fantastic. And, uh, uh, but, but do you have some, sort? but I, I guess there is also some sort of uh, strong musical background. Like, I mean, do, do you, do you, do you study music? Do you, do you know how to, you know, read notes and stuff or <laughs> did you play me. by ear? So I'm, I'm always fascinated about those aspects too of music. Well, I first got uh, a drum kit when I was like eight years old. Uh, when yeah. I, there used to be uh, these kinds of like bubblegum uh, cartoons back. This is like, like 1968. Yeah. Like bands yeah, like yeah. the Archies or the Banana Splits or Josie and the uh-huh. Pussycats, and I used uh-huh. to watch all those shows, and um, <laughs> I used to play buy their records and play along to their uh, records on uh, coffee yeah. cans. So my mom bought me a drum set, which my little yeah. brother promptly destroyed. So I didn't <laughs> didn't get back into into music myself until well, I fiddled around a little bit uh, when I was uh, in the hippie days, just playing guitar and whatnot. But I didn't get yeah. back into like playing the drums until I started listening to punk rock. And I had a friend mm-hmm. who um, had, you know, one friend in particular that I like to play with. And a lot of a lot of us were picking up instruments. And Chris and Kurt, especially Kurt, was like one of the mm-hmm. most gifted players in you know our neighborhood and our little group of friends. Yeah. And oh, he, yes. He yeah. uh, but he was um, he was like. Uh, exploring, you know, like regular bar band type stuff. And uh, uh-huh. his style was so out there that he usually would get fired from the bands that he was in because he <laughs> would want to play wilder shit. And yeah, um, yeah. it wasn't really until um, I pulled him aside and said, well, let's do a band where we can do whatever we want. Uh, mm-hmm. That is punk rock because that's what I'm into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and he, that's what uh, you are. Right? Yeah, well, he was... Um, 
you know, he was uh, willing to give it a try. And uh, my uh, vision of punk rock wasn't so limiting that it had to be, you know, a certain style or hardcore or whatever. And I was really yeah. into psychedelic music too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. even though I wasn't nearly as good of a player as Chris or Kurt, um, I could keep up with them. And I have a, and yeah. a, you know, a, an inventive kind of mind that likes to play a lot of different stuff. So um, plus mm -hmm. I really like the idea of music as, you know, a, like a, a release, even a spiritual release, you know, like the name yeah, Meat Puppets yeah. kind of implies. So to me, yeah. I was always like looking for that, that magic moment when we were yeah, all, yeah, you yeah. know, uh, when the, where the music was playing us or whatever. And even when yeah. we were quote unquote punk rock, we were always interested in the aspect of punk rock that was um, Dionysian, you know, that, yeah, was, that yeah. was about losing your mind. And Absolutely. never, and what not never was about um, slam dancing or wearing a certain outfit or yeah, anything yeah. like that. So we just clicked on um, on that level. That psychedelic level is really the level yeah. we clicked on. That's so and, amazing. And I mean, I totally agree. You know, music when when you when you create something good, something great, when you put out there a piece of music which is just great. I mean, it's like a drug, right? It's like medicine. You, know? you give people basically a medicine. You give people a drug. And oh, that's yeah, what's I'm, so fantastic about your music. You know, and I feel it really. The greatest. I feel it now, especially since we've um, had to cancel like all of the shows we had lined up this year and, yeah. um, you know, don't haven't haven't gotten to play with the whole band since um, New Year's Eve. And oh. um, I really miss that drug, that medicine. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's bad. Absolutely. Music is medicine. Absolutely. Yep. I, uh, I've came to this conclusion also with, with some of the other artists that have been on the podcast. It's been a great experience. I've talked to so many people. Uh, um, a lot of my, you know, people that I grew up idolizing, like Harry Potter from the meters, you know, I talked <laughs> with him once. It was, it's been an, a great, an, an amazing experience. And I love music so much. You know, I, I play bass guitar myself and yep. uh, it's just so good. So Chris and Kurt, they are... Uh, the geniuses behind the, the bass and uh, uh, guitars. So where where did you actually meet? Well, um, honestly, uh, we uh, we were all you know the, the, their their neighborhood was a uh, kind of North Phoenix, and I lived in North mm -hmm. Phoenix, a little bit east of of that. And mm -hmm. um, my friends, um, uh, we uh, we we blundered into a connection to the Good Bud. Uh, we, mm -hmm. uh, we found, uh, a connection to high grade, you know, good marijuana, um, not mm -hmm. just your, your cheap, you know, four finger bag of shake, but like good buds <laughs> and, uh, you know, right. and, um, that so hap just so happened to be the local punk rock guys. So we not only <laughs> got a connection to, uh, pot, but also got a connection to, uh, to, to music. And these yeah. are the same guys that didn't just turn me on to great pot they turned me on to like brian eno who i'd never heard awesome. before that stuff great like music. that yeah. gong um bands like that and yeah. um and chris and kurt you know i first start met met kurt because he was coming around uh because he wanted to get some of this good pot <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. so he wasn't so much into punk rock back then but mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. we all so had you basically introduced him to punk rock music so to say mm. I was the, uh, of all of our friends, I was the one who was most into it. I was the one that was buying the records and I was mm -hmm. the one who was like, um, 
you know, saying, here, check this out. This isn't so bad. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the punk rock had a pretty bad uh, reputation back then. You know, it doesn't yeah. help when the Sex Pistols are, you know, doing their darnness to, uh, you know, to alienate people. Didn't bother me any. Yeah. I thought it was great. Uh, but then, you know, he kills yeah. his, um, his, their bass player kills their girlfriend. And, you know, the, some of my friends' his parents are like, you like this music? This guy's a murderer. What's wrong with you? <laughs> so I was I was the, the guy who was like, no, no. I mean, I remember having fights with some of my uh, friends, um, uh, my yeah. hippie friends, like saying that this yeah. is no good. And I was like, no, no, this is um, this is the next step in our quest for rebellion. And um, <laughs> you know, I saw it right yeah. away and uh, didn't, you know, that the aspects of it that put off a lot of my friends didn't put me off. So, yeah, I was kind of the guy in our group that was like really interested in it. And I was going to be in a band and I had gone yeah. through a handful of, of people trying to start a band and so few of them, you know, weren't interested or couldn't make it. And Kurt was a guy that I met who was like, as just as, you know, screwed up at home, you know, has just as few opportunities and just as uninterested in growing up and getting a job as I was. So we both just, yeah. um, you know, we kind of gravitated to each other and did nothing but play music and uh, and smoke pot. Play music, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you didn't really want to have normal, boring, real jobs. Right? Not, not at the time. No, I learned not later time, that yeah. um, uh, having having enough money to to eat can come in real handy. Like I said, <laughs> I I uh, I didn't like having the band be the job either. I, I yeah, what, yeah. What I realized is, well, if you got to have a job. I'd rather have a job that's not the music because then I don't have to stress over it. Then I, then it can be. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of like the fact that, um, you know, the, that the, our style of music or the music business in general is so, you know, on the ropes because uh, I don't necessarily think it helped all of the, the bands in my peer group to get popular. I don't think it helped them any. I mean, look at, um, how many of them broke up or fell apart and including my own or got Mm -hmm. into hard drugs or whatever and had to like really um, hit the wall on this stuff. And um, I'm not, not a huge fan of, uh, of, of of the whole commerce trip, man. (laughs) I'm an American, I'm an American. America is a, is a terribly uh, money grubbing kind of a place. I don't know what Ecuador is like, but I can tell you, Uh, it's creepy here, so I'm really yeah, glad that the, that the music is uh, can be something that I can just enjoy. So, and I think it Absolutely. helps. Absolutely, I think it's important to one's uh, mm-hmm. personal development as well. Absolutely. So you basically met back in the '70s, probably in high school. Yep. And you've been friends since since that time, you know, since high school. So yep. that's a long life friendship. You, I guess, you are like brothers, right? Well, there was there was like uh, about fifteen years where I wasn't seeing them. I had the band had broken up the first time, and yeah, you know, our bass player had become a, a drug addict, and he had really, really fallen on some hard times. And um, yeah. I was staying away from the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, those two guys weren't speaking. I also um, didn't like the direction that our band had to take in order to. Uh, play ball with the, the major labels. So there was yeah. a, a good considerable period of time where we weren't speaking, but then Chris cleaned mm-hmm. up his act and, you know, his brother let him play with him again. And, uh, 
then, uh, you know, they had their own, uh, I had a job and I wasn't, uh, I wasn't going to be able to like go out on the road and stuff like that. So I kind of mm-hmm. let, let them do their own thing. But, um, we got, uh, inducted into the local Arizona hall of fame for mm-hmm. uh, music and entertainment. And mm-hmm. I, uh, kind of reconnected with them and, um, you know, we started playing together and it was like, Oh my God, have I ever missed this? This is like, and now, now in my career, I can afford to take the time off. I've, you know, risen to the point where I have a little bit more flexibility so mm-hmm. um, I can, you know, maintain a job and still do these shows. Uh, and um, music, it, yeah. it just so happens that um, we're so old and broken down that we can only uh, for health reasons go out for about as long as I can take time off from my job. So it kind of works out good, but um um, you know, it's, we were friends for a long time. I mean, we grew up in each other's laps, but, uh, yeah. you know, it's important for everybody to develop their own, um, their own space as well to, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, you know, yeah. it's not yeah. like we're, we're tight, tight, tight buddies, but we do, uh, we do, uh, stay in touch. Yeah. Lots of memories, I guess. Also oh, lots yeah. of experiences. Uh, I, I was also, um, uh, I don't know if this is true. I, um, I found this on Wikipedia. It says that you are the one who is responsible for the official Meat Puppets website, and it, you 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 have this web website since 1995. Is it true? Yeah. Is it I, so long out there? I uh, got into the internet about '94. Um, wow, I, I, it's I pretty bought... early. Not probably are one of the earliest bands with a with a web page. I'm I'm an old man, Ivan. <laughs> yeah, I uh, my um. My my neighbor, well, I had my my stepfather had a computer, and mm-hmm. um, I always used to be the one who would put together our record covers and stuff. Oh, okay, and I cool. really wanted to put uh, start using computers to put them together, and I was uh-huh. like, "Wow, this is kind of hard. I would actually need to learn how to do this." So I yeah. I bought um, the computer from my neighbor uh, when we uh-huh. went out. Um, we, we went out um, for ten weeks with. Um, Stone Temple Pilots in 1994, uh-huh. and uh-huh. I was able to save up my uh, my nightly per diems until I had enough money to buy a computer, and mm-hmm. uh, then I just you know since I don't have a job, I just you know would either play shows or stay home. I just learned everything I could about the computer. Oh, then we computer. got our manager started a website, and they let the bands have like little sections of them, and uh, I learned how to do uh, websites and. Uh, you know, ca- kind of kept a kept a website going there until um, uh, eventually I just started spending my own money on like a you know a little web hosting and stuff, and yeah, so I yeah, still cool. have most of the yeah. the stuff that I did. Um, not all of it, but a lot of it is still up online. There's like meatpuppets.com, and that's me. And much much later, the actual band decided, oh, maybe they should have a website too. And this was when I wasn't talking <laughs> to them, so they have oh, the right. meatpuppets.com, but but um, once I got back involved, I was like, guys, your website stinks. I want access to it. So <laughs> yeah. mostly I just cleaned it up and took away all the parts that were broken. And um, <laughs> mostly we do um, Facebook posts and, and Instagram posts, yeah. but occasionally. Yeah, you're, you're, you're also on Instagram and everywhere on the web, right? Yeah, well, those two places are, cool. are the popular ones. And I like yeah, um, yeah. once we had to uh, cancel all of our shows, I... Uh, went back to my uh collection of old videotapes and found some uh some good stuff and um posted a lot of that stuff up to YouTube as a kind of a consolation prize for people yeah, that wanted yeah. to see us. 
but yeah, yeah. I, I do. Yeah. I manage the band's um, social uh, uh, um, identity, so to speak. Social media life. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm asking this because uh, I'm, I'm also really into computers and technology. And I thought, well, you started your web page in 1995. That's pretty early. That's you might be one of the first bands out there with a web page. You know? Oh, it's one funny you pioneers. should say that. Um, that's yeah. how I met my wife because uh, she was like, wow, <laughs> really? You know, she was into Red Cross, not the Meat Puppets, but we had the same okay. manager. So she uh -huh. uh, she l was looking around on, on our manager's website and she was like, wow, uh -huh. this band actually has a member of the band doing the site. That's weird. So we got to talk because yeah. she was into doing websites, too. So, yeah, cool. So, you know, that not only am I one of the first people in a band to do a website, I'm actually one yeah. of the first people who have met his wife online. And it was such a unique online. thing Whoa. at uh, 1996, <laughs> um, the local uh, uh, TV uh, station did a, a news story about us. Yeah, well, well, that's so awesome. You were you were ahead of your time in terms of technology, what we are living now, basically, yep. on the web. Yeah. That's so great. And, it was more uh, fun back then, I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah, I, I do believe so. I mean, yeah. I was... I was only 10 years old in 1995. I was already also surfing the web back back in the day. We have better tools now, but there's a lot more creeps on there on there as well. Yeah, it's it's crazy, no? It's a crazy world, the internet. <laughs> it's dangerous. It's going yeah, to it's, it's going to be a problem, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think there is there are going to be a lot of people with regrets maybe in the future because, you know, they're sure exposing so. their lives in so many ways on YouTube and you know, those things are gonna stay there forever. So. Well, there's a lot of regrettable behavior out there, so I hope they regret yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, another of, uh, of my favorite bands, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, I also read in 1992, John Frusciante actually wanted to join your band he auditioned for the band is this true well uh the, our record label was pushing us to add a second guitarist uh to uh -huh. our live shows because they felt that um like i said our shows were kind of noisy and grungy but our records uh -huh. really weren't and they were like why don't you guys yeah. make a greater attempt to uh reproduce the the records that you make live and we were like uh whatever and um <laughs> john yeah. came over um uh -huh. he was uh you know we, we jammed with him once it it didn't it didn't last i mean it it, yeah, it, it, it didn't work out but yes he did uh, uh -huh. did come I mean, out he's and play a brilliant he, he's he's i mean he's a fantastic player right guitar player he was weirder than we were he came he came out on the bus with no shoes and not not even yeah. a guitar case he just had his guitar in his hand and he okay. didn't even want to tune up and um all oh, right and uh, we're like, uh, Kurt's like, you want to tune that? And he goes, oh, I'll just bend it in. So we're like, far out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, maybe it was a strange time, I guess. For him. Oh, I don't know. Um, I tend to, I, I stopped uh, smoking pot uh, early on and uh, never yeah. really explored, uh, kind of stopped exploring the drug lifestyle uh, by the yeah. end of the 80s. So uh, if any of these, uh, of, these of my uh, my peers were into drugs i wouldn't have known about it that's yeah. my disclaimer <laughs> <laughs> yeah um too high to die um did the, the did your life change maybe a lot after having work with nirvana you know after the whole unplugged experience you know that that's basically your 
uh, one of your most successful albums, if not the the most successful, I guess. Uh, well, it, is it there a, a before and after the Nirvana experience? Well, it definitely got us uh, the, uh, a lot of sales, uh, uh, 500,000 yeah. um, 500, units, which got us a gold record. Um, oh gosh, yeah. When nice. we had when we had signed with um, with uh, London Records, uh, we did um, Forbidden Places, which is no longer in print, unfortunately, and. Mm -hmm. uh, it didn't do well. It, it was kind of, we worked with a country producer, uh, Pete Anderson, who worked real closely with uh, Dwight Yoakam, who was a mm -hmm. big fan and a great guitar player in his own right. But um, about the same time that record came out, um, that was the year punk broke, as they say. And uh, our little yeah. countrified thing was like <laughs> at, at odds with the grunge style and the Nirvana style. And uh, we kind of, yeah. it didn't happen. So the label was real, Real, really looking over our shoulders for the next release and we did the usual yeah. demo sessions to try to get them to uh <clears throat> let us do a record and they just were like you know going ah we don't hear an album we don't hear a single uh blah 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 and um you know we finally talked them into um you know after a couple of years of going back and forth with them we finally were able to get a a, a record recorded i won't give you all the details of them but there was Lots and lo lots and lots of, of uh, let's say, negotiating. And eventually um, yeah. we were able to get a record that they would release. And they decided that Backwater was good enough to bring in uh, Butch Vig to, uh, to mix it, to give us, a, and they were mm -hmm. going to push it. All right, so we had a few technical issues. Luckily, we solved those problems. And now we are back with Derek Bostrom, drummer of the Mead Puppets. So... Let's listen to the second part of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This is Ivan, and you are listening to Ivan Cass podcast. And we were talking about technology. Look, we have problems. Well, yeah. Well, you know, I yeah, maybe yeah. I'll maybe I'll I'll spend some more money and get better stuff. Uh, either way, <laughs> no um, worries. So, the bottom yeah. line is, um, we uh, we just happened to be touring with Nirvana the week before their unplugged thing. Uh -huh. And um, Kurt Cobain is like, Hey Kurt, why don't you teach me some of these songs that I like uh -huh. to put up on the, sh put on the show. And Kurt was uh -huh. like, um, okay. And then we never really got the time uh -huh. to do it. And uh -huh. uh, Kurt was under a lot of uh, pressure of his own from yeah. his major label. And yeah. eventually he was like, you know what? Why don't you guys just come? And yeah. so the boys came on the show and mm -hmm. that was pretty much all our label needed to uh, put all of their eggs into our basket. And um, mm -hmm. so they promoted the heck out of uh, out of Too High to Die and Backwater, which was all yeah. very well and good until, of course, uh, Kurt died. And then next thing you know, we're mm -hmm. on TV like five times a day for like a month. And wow. people, people kind of got sick of us and we got uh, somewhat associated <laughs> with uh, Nirvana and now it's just like forget about it it's like uh, yeah. meat puppets footnote to Nirvana's career and then yeah. um, then we get into our own drug problems and uh, the the the, yeah. the the record after that was mired in you know trouble internal troubles plus the mm -hmm. label wasn't really behind it and yeah. um, you know the, uh, the 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 alternative style music was um losing favor in um the boy bands and the girl bands like uh yeah yeah they, yeah they were coming into into popularity so you know eventually and not to mention the fact that the labels were 
consolidating and uh, all getting bought out by, um, I don't know, Seagram's uh, or whatever um, munitions companies were buying the record companies. The next thing you know, there's like three majors left. And then Napster comes around and nobody can make any money anymore. So yeah. uh, so I wouldn't say that um, being a Nirvana was the being with on Nirvana's show was the only thing that created a before and after effect. In mm -hmm, fact, mm -hmm. it allowed us to, you know, enjoy some of the, the, the fruits of our labors before the whole yeah. music industry went to hell. So, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's, it was, um, it was, it was an interesting time. Uh, Nirvana was, yeah. uh, was an important part of it, but it wasn't the only, uh, absolutely thing that we did when we did, um, too high to die, and that record mm -hmm. started taking off. Um, we were, um, we like were flying, uh, like constantly working constantly. And, uh, I, I, I did the, the math and I figured out we had did like 56 flights, you know, airplane flights that year, which meant we'd basically been flying back and forth at least once a week all year long. And mm -hmm. I just would like to point out that we may have sold uh, a half a million copies of the record, but, mm -hmm. That doesn't, you know, in order to, to sell those, you know, if you're just, if that's all you're going to do, you're still going to wind up heavily in debt to your record company. And, oh, um, really? yeah, I mean, Kurt did all right because he had the publishing. In fact, yeah. he made it, made enough money from the success of that record to basically buy us out because they were like, well, we don't want to put any more records out by you, but, uh, we're not going to let you put out any records with anybody else either. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. you know, a lot of the money that Kurt made ended up financing, uh, getting the band back, getting its freedom. So, yeah. uh, yeah. kids think real carefully before you get involved with, uh, um, any major corporation, they're not mm -hmm. your friends. <laughs> yeah. So that's an interesting story. So Kurt Cobain actually wanted to learn the songs, but then he didn't have time. So that's why uh, he invited you guys. No, well, yeah, pretty uh, much. Of course. And MTV was Kurt, not happy Kurt to see us. Yeah. They were like, really? who are these guys? Yeah. They, they were hoping that <laughs> he would bring on somebody famous, but uh, it's just a couple yeah. of scraggly hippies. Uh, but, you know, Kurt was <laughs> but, looking for uh, moral support. <laughs> Did you so so? Did you? Of course, you 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 met Kurt. Uh, what what was he like? Kurt like had a How newborn baby. For a moment about him, he had a newborn baby, yeah, and a career that was spiraling out of his control. And he had yeah. health problems, and yeah. um, he had drug problems. Uh, he was a yeah. real quiet kind of a kid, but like a mm -hmm. any any rocker who is getting an awful lot of pampering. Um, he uh, was probably surrounded by people who weren't necessarily um, able to st steer him in the right direction. I know he had, um, you know, all sorts of people working for him that were trying to you know, help him out and keep him afloat and um, take him into different directions. Um, mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, uh, he was, you know, it seems like he was pretty unhappy and there wasn't anything that anybody could do about it. Uh, yeah, I met him just briefly because I would I did not I did not hang out backstage. I would usually uh, go off and do my own thing when we were traveling. And I, you know, mm -hmm. introduced myself at the beginning, beginning of the shows and to thank them all for um, having us on. Uh, we played with them uh, in on Halloween. So there's like a legendary Halloween show where uh, he dressed up as Barney 
and uh, uh, <laughs> his bass player dressed up as Slash, and uh, mm-hmm. that's uh, is a, a wi- widely uh, celebrated uh, night in the annals of Nirvana lore. Uh, and then um, I remember going backstage once, uh, and Courtney and uh, and the the child were there, and I remember uh, uh, Kurt asking their Kurt asking my Kurt what he used to do because our guy had uh, twins. It's like, what did mm-hmm. you do when the babies cried? Did you bring him into bed with you, or did you just let him cry? Because I guess um, uh, Kurt and Courtney were um, having um, a disagreement as to what to do when the child um, um, yeah. cried. And I would I like to point out that um, by this time in in his life, uh, uh, Kurt Cobain could afford a nanny, which he had with him on the road. And we didn't have mm-hmm. none of that when Kurt had twins. In fact, if you want to talk about before and after, um, Kurt having twins in 1984 was the, the real time when this band uh, started to get serious. When we were like, crap, we've got mouths to feed. We need to start taking this seriously. Or if, it, if we can't make this pay, we're screwed. So we, yeah. uh, we knuckled under and started touring constantly. Um, but we didn't have any nannies. <laughs> Hey, we didn't have no uh, hit hit nine million sales records, so uh, I thought it was yeah. cute that Kurt Cobain was asking Kurt Kirkwood for child rearing advice. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. So maybe let's talk a little bit about. So you, you've got some sort of fame, the Rockstar Lifestyle Awards. I don't know if red carpet experiences or flying private. So maybe things changed no, uh, not, in not, a moment not for another. That level. No. <laughs> is there no, something no, no, no. like a rock star? No. What I wanted to ask is: Is there something like a rock star crash course that you have go that we have to go through, or how did you handle that sort of? Because all of a sudden you sell a lot of records and things like that, getting attention. Um, uh, I would not say so. I mean, uh, I mean, certainly one of the things you might. I mean, I could I could give you a couple of tips. One thing: uh, yeah. don't don't fuck each other's girlfriends. That's that's a good way to keep <laughs> yeah. things happy. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, if you've got one songwriter in the band, keep in mind that if you guys get successful, he's going to make a lot more money than you are if you're not writing songs deal okay, with that okay. know that that's going to happen mm-hmm. um all right so um and and you know uh we we uh we got we signed uh to a, a major label and had just a, like a friend who was a lawyer uh do the contract it wasn't like we um had a great a great lawyer put together the contract it was you know it's mm-hmm. not like we had much wiggle room they were only going to give us the crappy contract they gave everybody who starts out, but we didn't even have a manager. And it wasn't until after we signed with the major label um, that they were like, eh, we're not going to deal with you guys. You have to get a manager or else we're not going to deal with you. So they forced a manager on us and we had to like, they literally had us come out to New York and audition managers. And I got to be honest with you. If your label is, um, is trying to assign you a manager, you're probably not going to get the best representation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to get a manager that the label likes. Um, so yeah. honestly, uh, you know, if, if you're asking me, I would say, forget about it. Don't do it. Don't. All right. You, know, you nowadays mm-hmm. you don't need it. You've got, you know, you can, if you can buy a computer and if you don't want to buy the software, you can probably find it uh, uh, for some, some piracy site and get it for free. You don't need a recording yeah. budget. 
you can you can release your own records on um, you know on any number of, of sites that are on that are online. You don't need well, a major label. Um, mm-hmm. Don't uh, let's just say I hope you don't sell a lot of records because it's uh, it's it's tough. Better better you should um, play the ponies. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about technology again, <clears throat> if smartphones, yeah, social media and so on were around back in the day, 80s, 90s, uh, what would be some of the things on your highlights or stories? I'll, I'll tell you what, um, back before smartphones, uh, yeah. this was when uh, long distance was still very expensive. You're in Ecuador and yeah. I'm in Phoenix. We're not paying yeah. a dime for this. Isn't this amazing? Um, yeah, this is amazing, of course. Uh, back when I was um, in the band, uh, we had these um, these calling cards, and you'd have to enter in like a sixteen numbered, uh, yeah. sixteen character digit to get long distance service, which is expensive. <laughs> and on yeah. every Friday, and every Monday, I'd have to call our accountant to make sure that they got that we had enough money to keep going. Like if we were on the road, like um, <laughs> and if you wanted to advance a tour. You'd have to like yeah. um, call, uh, you know, you make all these long distance phone calls in like pay phones and stuff. And we had uh-huh. a, we were on tour in the U.S. and this was during a time when we had a, a a tour manager. This was late in the in our career. Usually we did not have a tour manager. We don't have one anymore. Um, they're mm-hmm. expensive. And we had one guy who was trying to advance our a tour in Europe that we were going to do a month or so later, and he was up all night faxing and talking to people, you know, who were awake at that time of the day, there was no email and he had to stay up all night so that he could reach these people in a different time zone just to advance the damn shows, just to make sure we got our towels and our water, you know? <laughs> so it's like yeah. technology is, is huge. Well, the last tour I ever did, um, I had been um, hired by um, CompuServe. Remember CompuServe? That might be before your time. Uh, yeah, was, no, it, I don't. It was uh, an early, uh, it was like AOL, but AOL was popular and CompuServe ended uh-huh, up not uh-huh. being. But they basically okay. gave me a free CompuServe account if I agreed to do a, um, basically a live blog of, of the tour we were on, which is just basically uh-huh. a tour oh. diary that I would post every right. day to, uh-huh. to this a service. Blog. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, oh my God, was that expensive. I remember we were in um, Springfield, Illinois, and I, in order to mm-hmm. dial up, you know, you have to like make these dial-ups uh, with, uh, there was no, um, you know, it was just like phone service. And yeah, yeah. Um, I got down to the hotel the next uh, morning and it was like close to a hundred dollars for, for the, for the internet charges <laughs> because I, they, they didn't have really? any internet in Springfield, Illinois. So they wound yeah. up routing, routing me to some other town, you know, clear on the other side of the state. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Great. Uh, what kind of music are you listening at the moment? Uh, are there any contemporary artists that you really like? What do you think are some of the uh, best uh, things out there? Well, I used to be really into Joe, uh, Joe Pernice and the Pernice Brothers, uh, Teenage oh, Fan yeah. Club, a lot of the Scottish yeah. bands. Um, yeah. The, right now, I, I can tell you what's on my playlist right now because it's all just yeah. jazz guys. It's, that would uh, be awesome. Larry Young, Gary Burton. Um, Mm -hmm. at Weldon Irvine, who was the band leader for, um, Nina Simone. Um, I've been listening Uh to him lately, a fellow by name of Hermeto Pascual, 
I can't pronounce the last name, P-A-S-C-O-A-L, who is uh, one of your South mm-hmm. Americans, similar to yourself. Yeah. I believe he's yeah. a lot more he's Brazilian, a lot more popular uh, down there than up here, but still uh, a, a yeah. real cool, cool uh, musician. Cool. A lot of the bands yeah. I listen to now are um, my uh, keyboardist, Ron Stabinski's. Uh, he has a lot of different bands he's in. Um, most of them are like jazz. So he's in a band mm-hmm. called Mostly Other People Do the Killing, and he's um, preparing to. They're they're fighting over the uh, the track, uh, you know, the takes that they're going to use for the record that's going to come out soon. Uh, they just released uh, another group of his called the uh, the Peter Evans Ensemble, and he's a trumpeter who lives uh, in Europe, who plays a very avant garde improvisational kind of a jazz. And they just released an album, mm-hmm. and that album is called um horizons and it's available on on Bandcamp. um that's mm-hmm. something um i'm gonna throw my 15 dollars down and get a download for once we get off the, the this awesome. call um so a lot of that kind of so i don't don't listen to too much of the uh of the of the current uh kids today's music pop music kind of doesn't really yeah. doesn't doesn't there's that one band crap what's the name of the band that's kind of a soul band it's also kind of South um, South uh, American. I can't remember their name. I saw them mm-hmm. recently, um, a couple of years ago. I really was impressed by them, but unfortunately, I can't remember their name. And then there's that other <laughs> band that plays the uh, the kind of weird, almost reggae style um, roots music. It's uh, they're a trio. I think they're out of Texas. Who's they? I also don't remember their name. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, because uh, that's what happens with streaming, right? From, like, from Texas? No, yeah, I think so. No. Yeah. Um, trio Cranbean, yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're great. Yeah, I love that band, absolutely. I really, I really love that the dub album they did. So, yeah. I like those kinds of bands that are a little bit, um, a little bit more psychedelic and a little less, um, yeah. rock and roll. Uh, we always go see my wife's favorites whenever, um, they come to town. So, we go see Red Cross, and um, I went and saw Peter Murphy not too long ago, went and saw a band from Canada called Sloan who are huge in mm-hmm. Canada and uh, mm-hmm. they came and played to like a hundred people in Phoenix. And you could tell they were embarrassed because they had this big old tour bus and stuff. And they're like, we usually play stadiums in Canada. But, uh, and we were like, what <laughs> are you guys doing here? Really? So, you know, some of the old guys that are still hanging out there that my wife really likes. Um, I don't usually go out unless she wants to. Now we don't go out at all. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah the, Coronavirus, the COVID nineteen. What a strange time, also, right? It's terrible. I I don't know what it's like in in Ecuador, but uh, uh, I've come to feel that um, uh, you know, over here in the United States, it's it's obviously we're very polarized, Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, we had our coronavirus, and we have have had our Black Lives Matter stuff, and a lot of people are saying. you know, racism is a health crisis, and I wouldn't disagree with that. But um, it seems like capitalism is a health crisis too, because it's like there's just yeah. It's like, what are they going to do? They like go, all right, everybody, stop working now. And it's like, but we don't have any way to get food if we don't work because you've destroyed the safety net. Remember that. And I was like, yeah. no, well, we'll we'll get you some like two hundred dollars a week after we fight about it in Congress for uh, eight weeks. Don't worry. It's like, oh, screw it. So I'm really lucky. I'm in IT, so I can work uh, from home for the most part. My wife's a teacher, so she can work remotely. Yeah. But um, yeah. 
it's there's no question. It's like I mean we're we're concerned about our health and we wear masks and stuff like that. But I really feel yeah. bad for the people who are like going, wait, you're you're closing my business, really? That's it. That's yeah. all you're going to do for me is close my business. Thanks a fucking lot. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's kind of um, it's it's screwed up here. Not to mention the hundred seventy five thousand people that are dead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but how 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 did you keep yourself healthy during this whole time? Did you well, like I said, um, or... I work in IT, so most of the work oh, I yeah. do is remote access anyway from home. Yeah. So yeah, so I was yeah. never um, I never had was never put out of work. My wife teaches, so she was able to work from home. So yeah. um, and I work for a company that um, you know, there's a mixture of people who who have to be there, you know, for um you know, essential services and some people who don't. And uh, I'm just very careful. I don't go outside if I don't have to, I'm, you know, not doing yeah. stuff. We're not eating out. We're, uh, we're taking it real serious. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm playing drums at home. Well, no, unfortunately <laughs> no. we ha haven't been you able to play? rehearse and we had to cancel all of our shows. So, oh, really? Um, so you don't no, have a have... drum kit at home? Oh yeah, I do. I can play by myself, but that's no fun. Yeah. Of course. Or am I going to just like practice my paradiddles? <laughs> so you know the other guys aren't yeah. aren't aren't tech savvy so it's not like we could all get together and uh do a uh you know do a, a live jam uh remotely or anything i'm like yeah. i'm your i'm your dream uh you know american podcast guest i've got my my uh digital audio workstation all set up so we shouldn't have as long as my router stays up <laughs> that's great that's amazing yeah. neil hamburger I'm a big fan of Neil Hamburger. I oh, love yeah. his comedy. I'm also into comedy. Did you did you play with him? You you have made music with him, right? Well, I've known um, Neil, uh, Greg Turkington, and Neil Hamburger since uh, the the early '80s, where uh -huh. uh, when uh, he and his uh, then girlfriend uh, had a, a fanzine, and they invited me to contribute to it. So for uh, a couple of years during the '80s, we used to collaborate on a uh, a fanzine called Breakfast Without Meat, which is mostly a comedy fanzine. And uh -huh. um, and then uh, Greg went on to start his record label, uh, Amarillo Records, and I did a solo record on his label. And meanwhile, wow. uh, the Neil Hamburger thing was heating up for him. And uh -huh. um, it's just like really touched a nerve with people. It's like I, we always used to joke about how, um, you know, how nobody would get it. And that now people are like getting it. And I'm always hoping they get it for the right reasons. But yeah. Um, Yeah, for when we got back together, and uh, the first thing I did was like, we got to have Neil Hamburger open for us, and uh, we, he opened uh, two shows for us, and I hope we could do more because obviously having a comedian is a, is a dream opener. The only downside is is that um, to save money, we like to use the opening band's equipment. That's part of the stipulation. Yeah. If you're going to open have the open for the Meat Puppets, that you have to let them use their gear gear. And uh, yeah. comedians don't have gear, so we can only have him uh, <laughs> uh, open for us when we've got uh, equipment. But um, yeah, I've uh, followed um, Neil's career all all along. I, I did a one of his record yeah, covers. He's brilliant. Him. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I did. A, I also did a collaboration with him um, on his. I think it was Raw Hamburger album. I did some. He, he does has two songs on it. And I did the the music and and recorded the sessions for those two songs, which are freaking goofy. <laughs> yeah. 
a life playing music what's your philosophy on life as a musician what what do you think what makes a band a great one what um, what does music mean to you um, keep Derek? your ears and your eyes open don't worry about mm -hmm. um the talent piece of it just keep your keep yourself open to it listen listen to as much music as you can um, yeah keep it up um i guess you know there's a school of thought that says the first 10,000 hours are going to be shitty so you have to work yeah. your, you work your way through the suck until you start to get to uh where you want it to be um all that stuff um mostly um you know try to keep the money out of it do it for do it for the right reasons yeah yeah and what about the future of music do you see ourselves making music just with our cell phones and uh that's it or eh, I, you... I i'm still old school i still like to listen to the grateful dead I yeah, I like it when I the when the five of us get together and we always try to keep a spot open in our set for when we're doing like a space improvisation and yeah. um some of them are just uh, astounding cuz we'll be you know we'll be each doing our own little piece and listening real closely to see what wh where we can fit in and then you listen back to it and go wow this is way more than I ever heard when I was playing it so um music is bigger than we are um yeah keep it keep it that way um absolutely it's, it's, it's yeah. gonna it's gonna save us um we even when there's yeah. nothing left there'll still be music so um yeah you know don't don't uh don't sweat the non-musical stuff yeah I is would there like anything to, that i would like yeah. to point out by the way that the meat puppets yeah. do have a record coming out next month <laughs> Uh, really? Wow. Yeah. I, it was supposed to be oh, out cool. in April. It was uh, a 10-inch uh, vinyl for Record Store Day, which got uh -huh. pushed back until September 26th. Um, uh -huh. It kind of sucks because our record company is really only going to release it on 10-inch vinyl. They're not going to stream it. I don't think there's any Only on vinyl? Yeah. All right. I don't think they're going to uh, offer a digital uh, download, which they don't do anyway. So really, oh, uh, until we can um, do a couple more record store days, until we have about an album's worth of stuff that we can do a record store day compilation, um, going to have yeah. to. Um, now we will probably be able to sell it our own, depending on how the record store day thing goes. But because of the yeah. coronavirus, it's kind of neat. Mm -hmm. More of the <laughs> record store day stores are offering online sales. So it's not like you just have to stand in line for five hours to buy our record. You might be able to stand stand online, stand online for five hours to get it instead. So uh, <laughs> it's our first record store day record, and it's kind of weird because it's like, really, it's not going to be available yeah. unless you have a record player. But we'll see. <laughs> it's yeah, a cool we'll record. see. But that's definitely good news. Yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. That was actually my next my next question. What's coming up next? So we have a record coming on vinyl uh, September. Yeah, twenty sixth. Yeah, twenty sixth. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Is there something that 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 keep you up at night? What keeps you up at night? Caffeine. No, just kidding. Caffeine. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, well, you know, when you get to be about uh, my age in your sixties and whatnot. Uh, yeah, you have, you have to pee a lot. So I usually uh, having to get up and go to the bathroom keeps me up at night. Now, yeah. um, I, you know, um, I, uh, I, I would really like uh, to be able to go out and play shows again. Um, I, yeah. I, uh, I, I don't know when we're going to do it because uh, everybody is on hold and uh, we're um, our in fact, our um, 
our uh, our booking agent uh, Frank Riley and uh, High Road uh, Touring have have got a uh, an organization called NITO, which is N I T O, where mm-hmm. they're um, trying to get um, people to um, you know sign petitions and you know reach out to their uh, their Congress people to like try to keep um, live music alive because honestly we're looking at you know as many as ninety percent of the live music venues going under. So um, honestly, if, if, you know, anything that's relevant to what's keeping me up at night in terms of relevant to the band is, um, you know, will we still be able to have live music? That said, when I started this out back when I was 20, there were no mm-hmm. venues that wanted to hire us. So we used to have to like rent barns on the side of town, and try to get our shows finished before the rednecks would show up and try to beat up our audience. So, it's, <laughs> you know, some things never change. But, you know, yeah. go to Meat Puppets' uh, Facebook site and you can learn about um, Nito. And uh, I mean, I don't suppose uh, your Ecuadorian audience is really that con- too concerned about American Congress, nor should you be. But uh, it will also give you information about um, our upcoming record and stuff. And, you know, okay. I, I post a lot of live videos and, and stuff like that. So it's always a good that's place awesome. to check out for yeah, just for fun. Place. Yeah, Are, check the Meat Puppets, everybody, on social media. You are on Facebook and Instagram at... It's basically Puppets of Meat on Instagram. And then if you puppets do a search... Meat. Yeah, because we, we yeah. started late. <laughs> uh, they, they didn't get into Instagram until um, I rejoined. So I couldn't get Meat Puppets, but I got yeah, Puppets of Meat. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just, just do a search for, face, for Meat Puppets on Facebook and we'll come up. That's so great that you reunite. You're the techie guy and now... The meat poppers are alive on the web. (laughs) Yeah. All right, listen. Um, I'm gonna start to cook my dinner. So yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, that was actually my last question. Also, thank you so much there for being on the show. It was a pleasure. Did you have fun? Well, I I hope we got got everything recorded all right. Be sure to let me know uh, when this is gonna come out so I can help promote it. Yeah, yeah. In just a couple of weeks, I will let you know. Definitely. I also do a a short promo clip uh, to share with you. Uh, thank you so much again it was a pleasure bye bye thank you man see you later bye